Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim it the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly, as I should. Paul writes, be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Well, that has been our passage over this last 10 weeks or so. I don't know. I've lost count, to be honest with you. And it continues to be as true as it was back 10 weeks ago. To be prayerful. To be watchful. And to be thankful. To be able to let your conversation be full of grace. Seasoned with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone. And I'll be honest with you, there are times I've stepped behind this pulpit over the last many weeks or the first few weeks next to the table where I didn't know how to answer. And I'm going to tell you today, maybe I don't know how to answer today. Today I came and uh, over these last few weeks, and obviously as we were planning for this uh, series, uh, a lack of planning, I guess, in some ways, because it's kind of taken a life of its own. But you know what I mean, as I've shared with you over the last many weeks, kind of the direction we've taken. Today, we come to celebrate Pentecost. But in the midst of all that, and I wanted to share with you today how maybe some ideas behind our regathering, and that will hopefully get some information out to you towards the end of the week this week and let you know a little bit more about that. But I also know over the last few days, and especially this last week, and we've said many times, what does a week hold? What well, holds a lot, doesn't it? And so as I come today uh, with, with a heavy heart, with a heavy heart, Just knowing that the celebration we have today, no doubt, of Pentecost and really the birth of the church and the way that we understand it, it's always been birth. It was birthed in the unknown. It will move forward in the unknown. It will be effective in the unknown. And so for us today, we come with a lot of unknowns. I'm not even sure what this sermon's going to be like, just to be honest with you. Because normally I kind of know, and I do have notes here just for your, for your security, maybe instead of mine in some ways, to stay semi on track. But I also know today I come where there's many in our country for sure and around the world that are hurting, that are angry, and understandable, understandable. But as we read today, I hope... It reminds us of when Christ came and he sent his Holy Spirit. There are some things for all of us, even in the midst of this time, that just reminds us of how critical this message of Pentecost is every day, but in this day. No doubt we go from one crisis, if you will, almost to another, or they're overlapping. We didn't just leave one, they're overlapping. So every day to be prayerful, every day to be watchful, every day to be thankful. 
And I hope today I'm able to share that a little bit in the midst of this. Pentecost really is the fulfillment of a promise. It's from the Old Testament. You can read it in Jeremiah. You can read it in Ezekiel where God is going to make his home in our heart. Not just give us laws that we can kind of kick around in our head and we know what we should do and shouldn't do. But, but he says in the Old Testament, I'm going to make your heart. And David, is he confessed and he repented. He didn't just want forgiveness. He wanted a new heart. Jesus said to the disciples in John 14, 16 through 18, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate. Man, we need an advocate to help you, help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. In John 3, Jesus has already told Nicodemus, he told Nicodemus that to be born again, to be born of the Spirit, and he uses the, 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 the wind illustration where pneuma, uh, the, the, the spirit of breath or wind, the breath being breathed into his creation, the wind and breath as we now are coming into Pentecost. But the wind has always been the emblem of liberty. We can tell its direction. We can say it's going north, or we can say it's going north or south, east or west. We can invent instruments to measure its force, measure its velocity. And if you're from the south like I was, you, you can hear that a tornado's coming, but the only thing you can do, you can't stop it. Whether you live where there's a hurricane, all you need to do is try to get out of the way of it, but you can't stop it. You can't contain it. Do you hear the wind? Jesus asked Nicodemus. The wind blows where it blows. The wind blows at times on us where we don't expect it. Wind blows, the wind of the Spirit blows on us and is asking us in that moment, will you move? Will you respond? Will you pay attention? But the birth, if you will, of the church. Acts chapter 2, 1 through 8 and 14 through 21. I know there's a lot more there, but just for time, I'm going to try to touch on a few things here this morning. Verse 1, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire and separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there was staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. Get that around, get, just kind of grasp that. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard in their own language being spoken. And utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then is it how, how each of us hear it in our native language? 
verse 14, and of course in that verses in between it tells where they're from, but verse 14, then Peter, Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. Now, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heaven from above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. On that day at Pentecost, or 50, the word there, for the Greek word for Pentecost, or 50, 50 days, after Passover, festival, uh, Shavuot, uh, I had a whole thing about that and all the connection to, to the Jewish tradition. I won't go into that today just, for, just to kind of shorten this a little bit in the sense of where I, I believe the Lord's leading me. But during this time, all from, it was one of the pilgrimages as we're all from all, the, really the word says from, uh, from all the languages around the, the world had to earth had come there. And again, what did Jesus told him in Acts 1? You would, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria to the ends of the earth will be my witnesses. So they were there at that time the church is birthed to go to the ends of the earth, hearing it in each language. But one of the things I want to say right here that I hope reminds us today, and I'm sure you know it and you, and you think it, but I just want to remind us that one of the things that Pentecost did or, or the birth of the church was, is that everybody came together on level ground. Everybody came in. There was no one above the other. Before this time, rabbis or prophets got the word, but now you, I, all of us, are equal in this, of all races, of all tribes, men and women, young and old, come to this at the same place. I'm not saying culturally that's the case. I realize that. But I'm saying in the kingdom, when the Spirit is poured out, we are equal. We're equal before that. If, even if you don't believe this, you are, our, you are equal. What I'm saying is God set that in motion. The institution of the church should be, and I'm not saying it always has been, by no means does the church, the church is flawed. But it is that place where we came on equal ground. Should have been then, it was then, should be always. And that is one thing by the pouring of the Spirit that happened. By doing this, by the Spirit coming, it changed these disciples. Their mission was no longer just their neighborhood, which was the case. Yes, they need to do that, but it was to the ends of the earth. As I said last week, their dream wasn't big enough. But Jesus also promised them the power to do it. You know, I... The Holy Spirit coming means all kinds of different things. And there's, there's, you could list 
If you studied Scripture, I think there's like 50 Scriptures listing the things that the Holy Spirit, uh, may, may not different things, but where it lists what it brings to us. It is the presence of Jesus and reminds us of what He has said. He is our spiritual God. He is the one who gives gifts as He sees fit. But one of the biggest things the Holy Spirit does is comes and changes us. Where before we may have the knowledge, I mean, the the Jewish people at this time understood what they should do. But the difference is that now the Spirit living in you, the Spirit that comes and reminds you of who Jesus is and what He has said, allows it to become automatic, become part of your DNA as He changes you. One of the greatest changes that I see on Pentecost about all the other things Peter preaches, obviously, and Peter preaches about the coming of the, he's preaching joy, he's preaching the Old Testament. But one of the things was Peter was changed. Peter was different. Now, Peter wasn't a complete work. If you read scripture, he still had a lot of changing he had to do. Because he had it in his head. He even, he even said that day of what Joel had said, the prophet Joel had said. But it was even later in a dream that God showed him even more what that meant. Peter had to continue to be changed. That's one of the great things about being a believer, I think, is there's this continuous working of the Spirit in our lives that we're never done. We're never to a point where we've figured it all out. He's continually changing us. He's continually drawing us forward, continually maybe showing us in unique ways where we may be wrong or where we may be missing it. Peter was a changed man. See, to me, where the Spirit works, the effects are undeniable and they're unmistakable. I have to remind myself, I remember when the Spirit began to blow my life up and, I, and, and change me in ways I never thought that I, I even needed to be changed. I realized I don't just want to welcome the Holy Spirit into our church services, which is true, but I need to welcome Him into my thought life. I need to welcome him into every conversation. I need to welcome him into every tweet, and even, that, even though you know I don't do that, but in every post that I make, maybe even every post that I read, I invite the Holy Spirit. As you watch the news, I invite the Holy Spirit. But as I go about my business in my neighborhood, and as I drive through traffic, I invite the Holy Spirit in because the Holy Spirit comes to have me see the world as Jesus would see. To love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love my neighbor as myself. He comes to bring clarity. He comes to bring amazement. And I know over the last few days, if you've watched the news, there's been this heaviness. I mean, literally yesterday, I felt like I was getting sick in some ways of just the, the weight that I felt there. Not, I not even really know what I could do with it. But I do still believe this, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There's freedom from sin for you and I, freedom from wrong thoughts that need to be made right, for the ability to go ask for forgiveness if we need to ask for forgiveness, with the ability to reconcile. We are the ambassadors, the church, Christians, 
Bottom line, we are to be peacemakers, not just peacekeepers. Blessed are the peacemakers. Literally, you go do something about it. You don't just say, I don't want conflict. Whether it's in your home, whether it's in your church, whether it's in your community or in your country or around the world, it's not that I just don't want conflict. So, Because a lot of times when there's lack of conflict, obvious conflict, there's still something rumbling underneath. Blessed are the peacemakers. That we have a role in, in making peace. From the most intimate and the most known relationships all the way out. See, to me, right choices and right actions as the Spirit comes into my life begin to smother out wrong ones as I begin to be led by the Spirit. And part of that is there are times I can't sleep because I need to right a wrong. There are times I can't sleep because the Spirit, will not, I believe, will not allow me to sleep. And this may be over-spiritualizing things for some of you. But let me say, when the Spirit comes, don't run from that. When He unsettles you on something, and He starts stirring in on you on something, or He calls you, like a better way, calls you out on something, not condemning you, but convicting you to draw you to be the image of Christ. When He begins to do that, we need to lean into it. We may need to call somebody. The reason why it's so hard today, even though there's eight or nine of us in this room today, I'll be honest with you, I wish there was a way that we could all in this room together just get on our face and go, Lord, show me. Just show me where it is, regardless of what the last few days, even though that's important, and we need to look at that for sure in our own lives and in our culture and in our country. But at the end of the day, Lord, what in me? Not just sitting in judgment and going, what about them? What in me? That's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit allows me to see with my, what I could not see with my natural eye. To see supernaturally. A voice that I would have never spoken with before, I would now speak with because the Spirit is working. This week as I was preparing for this, and I, I, I don't know if we have that slide or not of the few things that, of the images I, I had this week. Is it behind me? Okay, it's not back there. I couldn't tell for sure. I, I think about the spirit and the supernatural, and I started not to use this, but I just want you to know, back in the day, people sat around TVs or sat around radios listening. It's kind of how I feel like when I was in the natural <laughs> I could hear things of God at times, but not clearly. I couldn't see them. And then we go to black and white. And I remember 1978 getting our first color TV, and all of a sudden things begin to look clearer. Then I saw that I thought today, what is better than a 4K? I think it's what many of us have, and all those kind of many, a few people would have that, obviously. Then I looked, and they have 8Ks. And I looked at this 8K here, and I'm going, man, what kind of image, what could you see? What could, when, as God, as we follow Christ along, as we follow him along, and we begin to see clearer, he begins to show us more as we get clutter out of the way, as we get ourselves out of the way. I realized that an 8K, though, uh, just so you know, I think that was $59,000, just so you know that. But, but what I heard was it's $40,000 $40, off. 
if you buy it by midnight tonight, Easter time, just so you know that. It was 99000 so that's a bargain. I'm not trying to be funny just to be funny. What I'm trying to say to you is, as we begin to follow him, he gives us clearer vision. He makes things more resolute, more resolving even in our own selves. But resolution, we begin to see things differently. And sometimes it takes things that we're walking through, whether it's you may see coming back to church differently than you did before because you've gone through something. Maybe not. I don't know. But what we're going through, especially this past week, and, and, and seeing what happened on Monday, and just seeing the week unfold, going, Lord, help us to be part of the solution. Help us as a church be part of we know we want to be. We've talked about it. But Lord, what does that mean for us? What does it mean for us individually? What does it mean for us as a body? Because we've said before, and, and thankfully, we have leaned into our community, and I, I know in a lot of different ways over these last two months, in ways that we may not have before, trying to be watchful, and trying to, t- trying to step out into places that maybe we would not have before. But one of the things I believe is that when the Holy Spirit comes, he brings a sense of urgency. When we're aware, when we, when, and sometimes he prompts us in a way that we never would have thought about before. But one of the things I, I got to continue to remind myself is, as a believer, I don't just represent Kurt Gentry. I don't just represent Renovation Church. I represent the kingdom. And right choices and right responses and right actions need to be lived out. It should produce the spirit of love. And I believe this, and one of the things that I think is so evident is I've lived 60 years. So many of us know in our head the right things to do. But it's only the Holy Spirit, I believe, that ultimately penetrates the heart that it becomes such a part of us that we almost don't even have to think about it anymore. The Holy Spirit is to bring us to that point. Yes, to comfort. Yes, to convict. Yes, to lead us. But it's designed to bring us to the point of us recognizing our need for Jesus. What men and women need everywhere is the ever-present Christ. The last one I would just say, Jesus told him, he said, you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. But we're not invited just to witness. We're invited to participate. As a believer, you've been given the gift of the Holy Spirit, not as an accessory, not as an add-on but be empowered by the very operating system of your life should be the Holy Spirit coming and moving through you to others. Again, as I said about Peter, Peter spoke the word boldly. 
He was a changed man. We use the word boldness around here and the definition we use is to live or speak the truth for the common good, even at personal risk. To speak and live the truth for the common good, even at personal risk. The Holy Spirit comes and empowers us to walk in a way where the God we serve, we realize, has no rival. But when you begin to do that, you begin to act different. You begin to live different. And what's great about true Christianity, I believe, is we do not use that spiritual power and authority to lord it over others, manipulate others, or intimidate others, but we use that power to serve others to advance the kingdom. The Spirit goes where it goes. No doubt when we left here last Sunday, none of us maybe thought we would be speaking about this this Sunday. And I was listening to a podcast this week with somebody I really hardly ever listened to. I don't even know how I ended up on that. But it was talking about lamenting. Why even so, so many songs that we sing in church at times are not really a, hardly ever about that. I hope that's something we will look at as, as a church this day. The day of Pentecost. Because what Peter asked, he said, because they said, what shall we do? And I didn't read it here, but what shall we do? He said, repent. <laughs> Lament. I think that word's taken out of our culture and even out of our churches many times. But the reality is that we, we've got to come to a point, and it's in, it's, it's in all kinds of situations from a discrimination. And, and many times we don't even know we're involved in it. To ask the Lord to show us. But if we're not, how do we help reconcile people back to God and back to each other? That is our ministry. We really don't have any other one. <laughs> That's it. We are his ambassadors. And I'm just asking the Lord, please help us. Because we said from way back, And even in the, all the darkness and all the things that are going on, there's a light, a great light. Scripture says over and over, a great light shines in the darkness. And he chose, as he did the disciples, he chose us as to be those representatives of that light, to be empowered by his spirit, to speak boldly, to be changed, to look at everyone. The same as Jesus did. That we come on equal footing. We stay on equal footing. Matter of fact, Jesus said as a leader, the, more, the higher you go, the further you serve. It's an upside down, lack of a better term, overused phrase, I guess, but it's an upside down kingdom. Jesus served those whom he asked to follow him. That's how it worked with him. And he says, I promise you, I'm going to give you one to help you figure that out. And Pentecost represents the fulfillment of that promise. We renounce here. 
racism. We just do. And any other ethnic indifference, I mean, that just, however we want to define that, we renounce that. That is not part of us. It should not be. Now, again, there may be blind spots. We talk about it all the time here, don't we? Those who've been through our training, there's a, blind, there's a side of me I let you see, there's a side of me I don't let you see, and there's a side of me I can't see without your help. And that's what I love about Peter. Peter was changed on Pentecost, but he kept being changed. It never stopped. We seek to repent. That's where Peter went. Repent. Lament. Where we seek forgiveness where we need it. And this, and now let me say this here. This message isn't just about the unfolding of what's happened across our country. This, this may be in your home. Right now. That there is unforgiveness that needs to be dealt with. So don't just take it out there, even though it needs to be out, lack of a better way, out there, outside your home, outside this church. But it also starts with us individually. The Spirit comes to let us know we're all in this together, to empower us to be different, to give us boldness to go where we'd never go before, that the, that the natural is interrupted by the supernatural. There is no mistake, no mistaking the change from where you were to where you are because you're letting Christ change you. I'm going to ask Josiah and him to come as we close. And I'm going to pray for us. There may be places we may have to take stands that we never thought we'd have to take stands. Early disciples knew that. The churches who have made a difference in our culture and around the world knew that. I'm asking the Lord just to show us, to help us, to condemn things that are not of you. Help us, Lord. Let me pray for us. Lord, this morning I stepped behind this pulpit. Maybe it was the heaviest heart as I've had, had in a long time. I 
because we want to be a people of love, of reconciliation. And Lord, we know we've tried to do some things, but maybe we haven't done near enough. I don't know. But I'm asking for your guidance and your, and your leading. We just want to love people. And I realize these last few months have been so complicated and confusing. And Lord, knowing that being confined has not helped anything. Lord, as we've said many times here, or, or amongst our groups, solitude, well, that's of you, Lord. We need to be set aside time with you. But isolation, man, that's, that's a different deal. And Lord, if there's anyone out there tonight or this morning, they feel like maybe they're in this by themselves, Lord, I pray that you would help us as a church if they, within earshot of my voice, because the awesome thing about the Spirit coming is there's no mile limit. From Minneapolis to New York to Los Angeles to Phoenix to, to Seattle to Miami to wherever, Lord, you are not limited. Your arm is not short. And around the world, Lord, we are a people that believe when we pray and fall on our face before you, especially repenting, that there's nothing in between what you want to do in us and want to do through us that is hindering that. Lord, help us right now to be a people of reconciliation, of peacemakers, not just peacekeepers, for your glory. Lord, help us now as we sing. We realize in the middle of all this, sometimes we just need to have a chance to express it through song. Thank you, Lord, for this time. and pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.